little something to, to drink as I go along. People always want to know what you're drinking. The whole lure from the last podcast, the Payal podcast, we always had something to drink. So, besides, they did it on talk shows for some reason. I don't know. We'll start up after this little song finishes up. It's actually a song I made. Uh, ooh, I was just playing with beat production in like uh, early 2000s. Made that. One, two, and three. Alright. Hey! Got an old familiar face there. So, welcome. Hope everybody's having a good time this Saturday. Um, it is Saturday, right? It's Saturday. So, I just wanted to get on really quickly. I got some, um, got some work I'm going to be doing a little later, but I can't really start it until I run o'clock, so decided to jump on, get about an hour of podcasting in. Um, want to do this new live format, and if you've been following, I have four or so of these recorded already and posted. Um, been posting them to YouTube. It's a new thing for me. I'm not really shy in front of the camera. I don't have problems with speaking in front of the camera, but it's just not something I traditionally do or care for, for that matter. But I'm here. We're having fun. Um... I have decided to call this project, this thing that I'm doing, the ADD Experience. Um, Mr. Binge's ADD Experience. That's a, uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but that's what I'm doing with this. Um, podcasting is a great way to get out to people, and doing it live is a little something that I want to experiment with and try out. So it seems to work out well. It gives me a new sense of urgency almost and connection with who's watching so that's what I'm doing now it it's going to be kind of a front to all of the uh, the projects that I'm doing a lot of people always complain they don't see me enough or don't know enough about what I'm doing so I wanted to uh, do this I'll also be kicking this out to YouTube and um, and a regular podcast stream so you'll be able to see that as well anyway I uh, hope everybody's doing well as I'm as I'm going along with this by the way uh, feel free to just drop in some comments in the in there. Uh, if you send me a message, I may not get it right away. Um, so comments are the best way. Uh, we're not going to do any calls. I don't have any calls scheduled on this one. Uh, we may do it for another one, but that's another thing. I want to alternate between having people call in, talking live, versus me just going on. This one is just going to be me, so if you're expecting somebody else, too bad. You got me. Alright, so first I want to get into a little Q&A, uh, a couple questions that were sent in to me. Um, I sent a call out for uh, people to inquire about what I'm doing with this podcast and what they, questions they might have for me. So, uh, let's get started. First question is from Holly Stacy um, via email. She says, I love the fried chicken painting. It keeps me giggling every time I see it. Which one do you feel embodies your aims the most? So, um... Thank you, Holly, for that question. Holly's referring to a, a piece that I did. It was one of my my print first art pieces um, called, a, it, was, it was a fried chicken piece. Um, basically, I had a series of food images. I was inside a restaurant and saw pictures of food all on the wall. And the pictures 
were, you know, they were like corn on the cob or, um, you know, a bowl of soup, uh, very traditional foods. And I realized that a lot of people connect with food in this very weird, comforting, um, just a very basic human way. I mean, it's food. It's what we, it's what we do. It's how we sustain ourselves. So I went home and I thought about the different um, pieces of food, different items that I had seen in people's houses, and I decided to create a set to kind of reflect the the comforting properties of food. And as you know, they're based on like power-ups in video games. So um, I came up with uh, several of them, and the first series had fried chicken, pasta, Starbucks coffee, um, or something appearing to be Starbucks coffee, um, bowl of rice uh, with a little vegetable on it, and, um, and fast food, American fast food. So that's what I wanted to start with as kind of comfort food. I'm relating that with items that you pick up in the game, in games and uh, just something that helps you along. I know a lot of you are probably uh, indulging in some comfort food right now just because you're locked up and, um, you know, it's a really weird situation that we're in right now. And um, so I'm going to do a second set of those. That's where all that came from, Holly. Um, thank you for that question. It's, it's actually not a painting. It's a print. Um, with this new series, I'm doing prints first, and then when I like them enough, I do paintings from my prints. So it's a weird backwards thing I'm doing with this project. Um, so, yeah, the whole series kind of embodies the aims of the food comfort thing. Um, if you want to see me do more of those, uh, I do have another set planned. Um, you can send me your ideas, and I'll see about doing those. Next question comes from Josh Lang. Uh, Josh Lang's a... Uh, a visual effects artist. I uh, met him at Rockstar Games in San Diego. He says, would love to guest on the podcast someday. We'll make that happen. In the meantime, the question would be, how much of your game designer knowledge still lives on in your new career as a visual artist? And did you feel you had to shed that way of thinking in order to free your mind to be creative in this way? All right, thanks for that, Josh. Uh, how much about how much of my game design knowledge still lives on in my new career as a visual artist. Um, I was actually a designer uh, at heart. Oh, we got comments. All right, good. Glad to know that you got that worked out. So, yeah, we can add, um, how, did I, how did I transition into that? I always felt I was a designer. Uh, from when I was a kid, I would... I would create little board games. I would buy packs of cards and try to make new card games. I really liked taking the pieces out of uh, Monopoly, Life, Scrabble, all these different games, and trying to create my own little board game. So I think I ended up as a designer first. So I started designing as a kid um, all these little projects and games to play, and then I ended up moving that into a uh, an artistic kind of thing. You know, when I would just draw a lot and the drawings would go along with my designs. Um, if I thought, if I had an idea for a group of superheroes, I actually remember creating a group of boxing superheroes, uh, Bone Crusher Smith, uh, Mike Tyson, um, Evander Holyfield, Larry Holmes, Muhammad Ali, all these guys. I remember creating like little superhero versions of them and I drew them all up and they all had like superpowers. Like Mike Tyson had like Iron Fist and, uh, you know, um, 
Muhammad Ali, you know, he could shoot around really fast. He was kind of buzzing around. Um, float like a butterfly, sing like a bee. That's where that came from. So I started drawing all these characters out. And so that's how the drawing got in, involved. And when I went to uh, video game design, you know, that was just a continuation of that kind of, that kind of love for, for the arts. So how has that lived on? How has game design lived on in my artistic career? Uh, I think everything pretty much is designed in a certain way. So I designed a lot in, into my artistic endeavors. I'm not a technical artist. Um, I do spend time practicing my technical art, making sure I'm getting my anatomy, my lighting, my forms right. Uh, it helps a lot. But I'm not big on trying to push color theory, push anatomy, push figures. My art comes from a design standpoint where there's an idea that I'm, I'm pushing forward, that I'm going with. Um, and the idea with the 8-Bit Cubist is everything is a game, um, and how do you play that game? So back to the previous question about the, the comfort food and the fried chicken and the pasta and the, the rice bowl. It's about uh, connecting with somebody on a on a on a level where they can separate themselves from reality and they're they're playing this game of life. So, game of life. How do you play? Um, hopefully, my this art project, the Eight Bit Cubist, is well designed to um, to express that. But we'll see. And so, everything is designed to me. It's always just about how things are working out. And the last question is. Uh, from Ryan Dormanish. Thank you, Ryan, for this. And he sent it via email. If you're not on my email list, I'll have a link for that up too. Wow, awesome podcast, man. Just checked it out. I'm glad you're trying to help people navigate Facebook. You mentioned them having to tailor the experience for everybody. But with so many types of people, why does everyone need one platform, though? Gamers should have Discord. Businesses should have Slack. Kids can have TikTok. Teens on Snapchat. Pervs on OnlyFans. That's funny. Different companies and services all on the internet. Doesn't it doesn't have to be just in one place? So, what Ryan's referring to is the the uh, one of my previous podcasts that I decided to talk about um, Facebook and just getting along on Facebook. I noticed a lot of people were having problems on Facebook, so I went through five uh, pretty easy steps that you can use to. Uh, manage Facebook a little better. And so there are two parts to Ryan's questions here. He's asking why does everyone need one platform? Uh, no one needs one platform. No one should have one platform. Um, as with life, you're going to have different platforms to discuss things. Um, TV, podcast, Facebook, real life, your church meetings, your Slack, etc. But within these these platforms, they've kind of glommed everyone together. And it's not realistic to have all of these people together and have them try to behave in one way on this one platform. I mean, Facebook does a technically and you know design-wise, they they've done a very good job, but you can't have everyone um, happy. So for people who are really into the platform and really using it. Uh, I suggest that you figure out how to best navigate that platform, how to best use it. You know, everyone, just because there are a lot of people driving, and driving is relatively 
simple. I mean, kind of figure out key, ignition, gas, brake, and the basic rules of the road. And that's fine for most people to get along. But if you really want to get the most out of it, if you're really learning how to, to navigate the roadway system, you know, then you start learning about other things like gas mileage. You start learning about, um, you know, the radio stations you like to listen to on the road. You start learning about um, different ways of traveling with people. So you can maximize your, your time on any given platform. So um, another, Scott Jacoby also asked about this. Uh, he's a game developer as well, or former game developer. But with all of these platforms in, in any system, I personally don't like taking exactly what they're giving me. I like having the option to take what's given, accept it, and then build on top of that in my own way. And yes, I was that person who found a, got a calculator as a kid and wanted to learn what all the other buttons were for. You know, that little M with the M plus, what was that about? I had to figure that out. Nobody, nobody around me knew, um, you know, the little P with the R in the corner, uh, I had to figure out what that was about. Um, there was a permutations and a, uh, oh my God, what's it called? There's a permutations button and a, uh, and a, it's permutate, ordered permutations and, uh, unordered permutations. There are two buttons for those. I forgot what the unordered one is called. Um, but yeah, you know, you just figure out all these little different buttons and everybody wonders why you're doing that. Make your better use. Make better use of what you have. Uh, there's usually a lot of good in in doing that. Maximization. Um, and the second part of that is, you know, uh, he asked. They are continuing to do the same thing to push Facebook Marketplace, Facebook Groups, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, if if someone's there on one platform, you might as well, from a business point of view, you might as well uh, try to spread out into other things. I mean. We're, we've got Facebook Live right here, and people are watching this instead of going on to YouTube. So uh, that's just how things are end up working out. When something gets too big or big enough, it starts to not splinter, but starts to segment into different populations of people doing things. There's some people who come on Facebook just for the news, to see their friends, to upload pictures, or whatever. So if you're ever designing anything and it starts to get too big and unwieldy, that's when you start needing to segment. So... Um, that's what I think about that. Thank you for that, Ryan. I'll probably be back to Facebook and their evils at one point. Facebook is a, they're, they're an interesting company. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to call them evil. They're very corporate, but you know, teach their own. So Reggie and Melissa says, I enjoy my rice bowl picture inside Animal Crossing. Very awesome. I almost bought a switch just to get um, all my pictures and paintings into Animal Crossing uh, just to do that. But I decided against it. I, I may still do it, but maybe the time for that has passed. I don't know. All right. So um, I decided to go on today. Uh, last night I was just sitting down, and I have these little jars here that I keep stuff in. Um, and... They're usually pencils, um, scissors, things like that. And I ended up dropping this pair of scissors right here into one of these little jars. And I didn't notice it, but when I reached again to pick
pick up my scissors had broken and it ended up snapping apart just like this. So it's an extremely clean break. And but I didn't hear any sound. There was no warning. There are no little shattered pieces of glass. It was just very instant. And it um it reminded me that things can change extremely quickly. And something that you've uh, relied on can get upended at a moment's notice without warning. And for me, that just kind of gave me a quick reminder of how how things in life and um, all around us aren't really as stable as we think they are. Um, I know all of you are going through different different types of um, upheavals. Things are changing. Um, our work situation is different. Our family situation is different. Relationships, it's all different right now. So how does that affect you? What, is that, what does that do to you? What, is that, um, what does that break? You know, what does that uh, cause you to build upon now? What are you going to do? So that, that, that glass breaking was just a quick reminder that I, I still have to keep going. It's not like I'm just going to cry over a broken glass and not ex exist anymore. I had to keep going. So uh, I got up and decided to go ahead and post again. As I said earlier, this, this is not traditionally my thing, getting in front of a camera and speaking to people. Um, I'm the consummate introvert. I don't go out a lot anyway, but it's not something I'm shy about. It's not something I'm terribly uncomfortable with. It's just not my thing. Nevertheless, Times have changed, and I'm adapting to that. So I decided to start this um, new version of my podcast called the ADD Experience, uh, Mr. Binge's ADD Experience. ADD, in this case, stands for Art, Development, and Design. And it stands for the obvious thing, um, Attention Deficit Disorder. And I like the way that it says, Add Experience. So... It's a well-thought-out name. I like it. Even though I like it, I may change it if it doesn't work. But I want to add experience, uh, put my experiences out there. I generally have a good time talking to people about my experiences with art, development, design. So I wanted to put that out there in podcast form. Sup, Jeff? Let's see. We've got a couple people here. And once again, uh, comment. Just say hello. Drop a, drop a note to me. Um, you can send a private message if you want to. Um, and I might get to that in this podcast or later. But um, art design and development uh, really quickly has been kind of a long stay in my, my development career, my, my, my life career. Um, I spoke a little earlier about how art came into play with the board games and, um, you know, the drawing, uh, just designing games then. Now I'm getting into more of an um, artistic uh, phase where it's this weird esoteric kind of idea experience that I'm having. So with everything that's going on, I wanted to add to that and make sure that I was part of that experience. So the first part of it, art, you know, art is an expression. It's a way of communicating through collective ideas. Um, I've had another example of what art is, but I 
really don't want to try to explain what art is to everybody because it has so many different meanings and that's that's a book a series of books trying to discuss what art is but to me art's an expression that connects social um, social movements uh, it's a nexus of thought um, boiled down so I've had all these thoughts and experiences in my life and I wanted to kind of boil them down into something and the best way to do that in the current um, atmosphere is through a live broadcast live blog live um, live just brings along a certain connection with people and I didn't think it did until I started doing it myself that's why you're seeing me next thing is a uh, design um, speaking of a uh, design uh, Jeff and I used to uh, talk about this book the design of everyday things uh, that was one of the thing that one of the resources that really changed things for me when you start realizing how things are put together and why they're put together what results they're going for and what results they're actually bringing into society um, design is a way of ordering things and I think the way my mind is ordered I'm always thinking about well hey how can we change this around how can we order this how can we help our friends out how can we utilize Facebook we're spending all this time on it how can we use it to our best how can you use your time in the car to its best you could listen to a podcast you know how can you spend your time with your family the best is arguing the best use of your time with your family probably not so you know you order you order your life and you order your things and you rearrange your um, the things in your life to get a well-designed system and I'm, I, I don't want to get too technical on this podcast I'm trying to keep it friendly and banterous if that's a word so I'm not gonna go too far off the rails in ordered systems design and um, the stuff I went to college for which was software engineering and programming and things like that I was all about putting things in order and trying to figure out the best most efficient way of doing things but that's where the design part comes in and the third part of that in ADD is development I love developing things I love creating things where there is something or where there's nothing I like creating something turning around and saying well hey what did you guys think of this how does this work for you did we learn something there's a whole experience to the development side of things so um, yeah, even when you're, like it just says here, even when you're getting down to do doorknobs and handles, you start seeing how they're designed, how things are put together. Um, once you understand that, you start, uh, well, most people generally have this thoughts of, well, how, how, can, how, how does this work? How is this put together? Um, how is this airplane that's, you know, t tons of metal lifting up and pushing us all into the air? How is how is that little engine that's relatively small you know working in concert with the rest of the plane the wings the ailerons you know to push the entire plane up in the air and get everybody where they're going safely once they're in the air how do they know it's all designed and ordered and put together um, so this that's something that really entertains me that just you know I, I just love studying that stuff but the expression of that comes through in my art so art design development, that's where I'm going with all the lists uh, in this podcast. I want to go over some things. Um, I had on Patrick Hickey Jr., the author of The Minds Behind the Games. 
And we've been talking a while just about how things are developed, how they come across, uh, where they're coming from. And in his discussions of people with all these, um, you know, game histories, we, we kind of realized that, like, man, there's so much history, so much knowledge, and we're moving so fast that we really don't have time to stop and see how things are progressing, how things are working. So for someone like me that sits around and thinks about random stuff like, hey, why did Amazon decide to put the x-ray in the top left corner instead of the top right with all the other menu options? Hey, how come, um, you know, the this grocery store puts the bread on this side instead of on that side? Okay, they're going for this certain kind of sales. They're going for this type of marketing. That's the stuff I think about. It's really terribly interesting to me. Um, and I think there's a lot of ways to make it interesting to you, especially from an artistic point of view. So I want to get into that as well. Um, and yes, uh, once again, I want to add experience. Uh, this is the stuff that I talk about with all of my friends and all of my uh, people. So taking those discussions that I've had all these years, um, sometimes people call it talking shit, sitting around talking shit for hours at a time start thinking about what I'm doing um, with all of the the things that I'm bringing up and all these random thoughts. So we're in a connected society and now I'm jumping into the real connection of live, Facebook live, Instagram and all that jazz because I don't want to be that guy who said, hey, I got left behind in the in the era of development and content creation, so podcast. How do you guys like to get your podcast, by the way? I started out on, um, how did I start out with podcast? Raph got me on podcast, actually. Um, I'd been listening to radio shows and things on YouTube, but I actually got started on podcast with Rachel Maddow, I think. She was one of my first podcasts. NPR, um, This American Life, I think, was another early podcast. But, um... They, they kind of changed the world, and I don't know how much people realize how podcasts change things, but they're such a big force in society right now that I, I, I can't do what I'm doing uh, in the arts without really getting on and doing one myself. So I've got this podcast going on. This is different from the 8-Bit Cubist podcast, which is going to be another thing. So... Um, if you're not on a podcast, let me go ahead and jump in here and let you know um, how podcasts are changing things. If um, if you're uh, if you're ever running, jogging to the store, um, at your job, um, you know there's there's an amazing amount of time that we spend without anything going on. And it's just dead air. And you know, if you're if you're meditating during that time, or you're just thinking about the weather, or calling your friends, that's all fine and dandy. Don't get me wrong there. Um, I spend time doing that as well. But every Thursday, I wash clothes. So by habit, I just get up, turn on um, movie math or uh, movie math. It goes over the basics of. Um, what's happening in the movie industry with all the money and uh, business deals going around. But 
the way this format works, it hits on two levels. It's easily accessible, and it's it actually it, it's easily accessible. So it fills in you know a lot of extra time that you might have. But another point of view is the content. We've cut out so many middlemen or so many middle players in media production that you can put out um, a video. You know, I'll call a vlog a video podcast, uh, Melissa. So, I actually think those are on the same. Those are on the same level. Video, video blog, vlog, or video podcast, the same thing. Um, I'll put that in the same category, and audio podcast. I'll wrap those all in. But the other side of you know just having the accessibility of all of this this content when you're you know, you don't need like a movie theater to go sit down and watch something. You just kind of pick up your phone, bam, you're you're into a podcast. You know, you pick up uh, you pick up your remote control on your TV or whatever, bam, you could start on your podcast. Um, and I may have to do something for uh, the people who aren't up to speed on podcasts. We'll get you some. You can ask questions about which ones you like in the comments below, and I'm sure somebody will jump in and suggest way more than you care to hear about. But um, the second part of just the connectivity is the fact that you're reducing the amount of middlemen, the amount of uh, filters. And this actually kind of surprised me early on because people, the news organizations, some of them started out as just repeating the news and copying it over to their podcast format. Very soon after, you got a lot of underground slash pirate radio kind of people posting their um you know, their daily struggles, um, their weird club experiences. Uh, you know, there, was, there were guys posting about uh, really fringe interests, uh, UFOs and things like that. Um, it's the Bilderberg group, black helicopters kind of stuff. That really sparked off. A lot of video gamers jumped on it. They didn't have a place to really talk about video gaming and, you know, whatever systems that they were into or whatever facet of gaming um, old school Japanese RPGs or whatever so you ended up with all these smaller outfits and the larger outfits uh, news media outlets putting out all these these pieces of content in podcast form and what was really interesting is how how the landscape changed because no longer did I have to sit down and listen to an entire radio show just to get that last 10 minutes where where they actually tell you what they promised to tell you at the beginning of the show. You know, at the radio show, they used to be, you know, in this show, we're going to explain to you how to lose weight with nothing but two oranges and a box of nails. Uh, and they would just say, you know, you're like, oh, okay, how can I lose weight with oranges and a box of nails? And then you'd wait the entire hour, and at the very end, they would give you some BS. With podcasts, it's much more concentrated. You just go straight to what you're looking for. Um, it, it is serialized, so you can go in order, of course. But with the, like the Joe Rogan experience, you know, I'm jumping back into like five, seven years ago listening to a podcast. I'm listening to podcasts from just whenever, and I go pick and choose. So you should be able to do that with, within, with all of your material now. But that wasn't the case before. 
So you get this concentrated form. You get different people talking all these different subjects. There's probably there's a podcast out there for just about everybody. So any conversation you're having in the back of your head, um, it's probably happening in podcast form somewhere. In fact, uh, speaking of video podcasts, I really like Will Wheaton's uh, tabletop podcast. It's basically he goes over tabletop gaming. They play some rounds of a game. Um, and that basically facilitates what we used to do in comic book shops and in board game shops. We'd go in and say, hey, how's this game? And we'd sit down and talk to some people and we might get a demo, might not. But the fact that you can do that just just kind of blows my mind now that you can just have this podcast and you put it out there and you magically connect with you know, just millions of people out there on the internet uh, pretty immediately. It's, um, it's fascinating and it's it's a big deal. It's like uh, it's like text messaging was a big deal, but nobody thought too much of it when it happened. I mean, we're how many years are podcast in now? Twelve years. They really they started kind of bubbling. Um, you know, as I said, uh, I attribute Raph, Marcellus, um, Jeff, and those guys with getting the the early Payal podcast started. So we were kind of early on it, and we took it for granted, frankly. But now, now it's like, it's a thing. If you don't, you got to be out there podcasting or putting out your information some way. Um, so that's why I'm here uh, doing my thing. And, uh, and yeah, um, Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, Stitcher, you know, all of these different places where you used to get organized streams of information, you're now getting podcasts. Um, and it's, it's where so much action's happening right now. The, the amount of conversations, it's, it's, it's crazy. The, the knowledge and perspectives that you're getting really can't be overestimated right now. Um, we're taking these huge media conglomerates like NBC, CNN, the BBC, and they used to be the only place you could get this information. Now we just kind of take for granted that you know, you've got, like in my case, you know, a game developer that you may not ever have been able to hear from before, or you know, some random artist in New York City. It's it's phenomenal. You can just reach out and contact them, talk with them through a podcast or a live or whatever, and it's great. Um, what are some podcasts you guys are uh, that that are really doing things differently for you? If you got any that are, I don't want to say. Uh, new, but they're really pushing boundaries of something, really trying different things. Um, I know Serial's one that caught my ear, and the uh, the LeVar Burton podcast, he basically tells short stories, so uh, that really connected with me, the LeVar Burton podcast, because my sister, um, rest her soul, my sister used to tell me these little, little short stories, and she used to read to me from her fantasy books, and give me paraphrases of comic books and graphic novels before I went to bed. And, you know, just sometimes when we were hanging out, she, she liked to read a lot. And she's, uh, she went into journalism. So she really got me onto the, that kind of media, the, the storytelling. And now having a podcast like LeVar Burton's podcast that does that, that's just, it's, it's amazing to have that from someone like LeVar Burton. Um, 
you know, of course, people told stories on the radio before, but now I can go get hours and hours of material downloaded to my device and listen to it at will. So, um, storytelling, um, people are basically teaching. This is all verbal communication and, you know, some visual communication, um, as Melissa stated, but all this communication at our fingertips and people really didn't and still don't understand how how deep this is. So, once again, with this ADD experience, I have a lot of random ideas and random thoughts. Um, you knew them as bullshit sessions back in the days of the Piao podcast where we would just go back and forth on some things. Um, I want to kind of do that here. I think I've got a good point of view on things. And uh, go over some, get deep into the weeds about art. So, Uh, the thing with art right now is people, when art was first really, I shouldn't say first because that goes back to the beginning of time, but as far as modern contemporary art in the gallery scene goes, art used to be controlled by these mainstays. You know, you had your White Walls Gallery, your Gagosians, your your different gallery institutions, your, your Met, you still have the Met Gala and things like that. So all these gallery institutions would pop up in the major cities. And every smaller city that had galleries, those art scenes would basically function as uh, farm leagues or feeder systems into the big galleries. So the hope was you got into a small gallery, you impressed the people in your town, and then when a large gallery presence or owner or representative came through, they'd say, hey, who's the big gallery or who's the big art guy in this town? The galleries would all point to whoever they want to send up to the the big leagues, and that person would get selected. And then they'd go have some show in L.A. or whatever. It was um, very hierarchical, and every so often you'd have some guerrilla rogue come in and change things up. But for the most part, you pretty much had to follow along in the system. And podcast and videocast and the internet and things like that are really big for me because suddenly I can reach out and start talking to people in a different way. Now, that's the obvious part because you can just get your message out there. Everybody understands that. It's like, oh, sure, just put out good content and people will love you. If you build it, they will come. But... What a lot of people don't understand um, about art marketing, art sales, art development is the storytelling process that a lot of galleries built up. Um, thing about the gallery scene and the panache that they have, the the air that they bring about in the galleries is they don't just let an artist, for the most part, they don't just have an artist built on any given skill. There's a whole story behind that artist. Why was Andy Warhol able to paint some cans and have it go places? You know, why were the splots, you know, the splotch paintings of uh, splatter paintings from Pollock, why were they important? The gallery scene sets that up. And the CIA was actually involved in setting him up as an artist, so there's even more of a story there. So you start to wonder, like at some point, um, after, after a certain amount of money, then you get to 
um, like after a certain amount of money, you start getting past what the painting physically is. I mean, the painting may physically be a nice picture of a cow, but at some point, it turns into more than a picture of a cow. It turns into a representation. It turns into a story. It turns into a vibe. It turns into this whole humongous essence of an expression, um, that nexus of social consciousness that I was referring to earlier. And that's what you get out of a piece of art. It means something to a large group of people that communicates more than just the image. And uh, as, you're stating, as you're stating there, Jeff, you know, like even with film, you know, talk all you want about the the meaning of something like, you know, a Star Wars, um, not the meaning, the, the physical, uh, the very basic level of what Star Wars is, the basic idea of what, um, you know, Seinfeld is, you know, it's four guys going to a diner or whatever. These are very basic surface level things. It starts to go into art and transcending that when it starts to pull in what society is thinking at any given moment. There are historic implications. There are, um, you know, societal implications, economic implications for, for all these real pieces of art. Something that's just technically good that may get over as being good art because it, it transcends something. But usually that's not the case. Usually it has to connect with people. In fact, um, more often than not, the best technology isn't what pushes something into success. It's the connection. So art's really built into that connection. And I say all that to say that podcast and this medium right here allows people to connect in a different way that hasn't been possible before. In fact, even if I was at a gallery experience, I would only be able to walk up to the artist, say hi to him, talk to him. There's, I'd only be able to connect with them from afar there's a certain separation from that artist. I couldn't email the artist. I couldn't see what they're saying on Twitter. I couldn't find out all the background information on how they got to where they are and, and so forth without this era. So we're too close to what's happening with podcasts to really understand it. We probably won't understand it until years down the line when it's an everyday thing. Um, it's really fascinating and it's an experience that I wanted to add to my uh, to my, my repertoire. Um, if any of you know me, I, I like to try new things out, jump in, find out what's happening, and then go tell everybody else. So that's what I'm doing here with podcast and internet. Let's see. Uh, Jeff. They break down the film on different levels. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely with the podcast, you get to um, engage as you're going about your day um, in different forms. One thing about the, the portability of all these different forms is with, with previous forms, like I said, with art, you know, it used to just be the gallery. Maybe you buy the piece and you take it home. It's a limited, it's a limited form of connection. With movies, you go to a theater. No one's going to theaters now, so they better start learning how to diversify their forms. But with movies, you go to a theater and you used to just go home and, and talk about it with your friends. Maybe you would buy a t-shirt from somewhere, 
but for the most part, it wasn't connecting like that. Now everyone's connected and it's gone crazy. People are going nuts right now. Podcast about this, podcast about that. Uh, everybody in the mom has got a podcast, even me. Um, but once again, I was doing this about 10 years ago. And so I can call myself a podcast OG. Jeff was there. Thank you for that. Um, by the way, just another shout out to, let's see, there are there about six of us. Myself, Theo, Jeff, Raphael, Marcellus, Josh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Dormanish. That's, that's about the seven. So seven people who are really uh, into that podcast scene before. I'll definitely be calling on all of them to get some perspectives later on podcasting and this whole internet thing. But uh, it's changed up the whole art game. It's changed up everything. So what art used to be, it, it can't be anymore. Um, you know, you could be best artist ever, and if no one's heard of you, too bad. But if you're famous on Twitter, suddenly you're connecting with people, and it's not just a fame thing, but you're actually connecting with people. So your art is connecting with more people. So by my previous definition of art, the more connected you are, the better your art is. And I'll go ahead and make that statement. That's uh, controversial in some circles. But um, that's that. Oh, also, uh, random note. Holly asked why the lights were blown out. Right now, I'm just here podcasting. Um, lighting's all bad. Sun shining outside. I don't. I, I don't care. Um, I'm. For those of you who know me, I'm not too big on appearances and all that fluff. So, I'll get the lighting straight one day. I'll probably get a better camera here. But in the meantime, you know, you just got to check me out in my my hoodie and my T-shirt of the day. Uh, today, I've got on my "Us versus Them" T-shirt says you cannot be replaced it's faded as heck but uh you can be replaced and it's got a picture of all the 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 workers the high high rise construction workers just sitting on the pillar you've probably seen that before um us versus them is an old school old school streetwear brand i picked up in the days of the hundreds and um us versus them the hundreds supreme they actually kicked off from the blog era, which led into the podcast era. So I got to get a green screen, uh, put weird stuff behind me. Um, aside from that that painting right there, that uh, print, and this little guy up here, I don't know how much I'm going to change around. Uh, the green screens are fun, though. That might be too much work, and I'm I'm really not about working on all of that. Uh, if I get if I get some some kid from a you know some intern who doesn't have a regular job or whatever, maybe I'll get them in here to set it up. But uh, green screen, that's a good idea. I'm looking around to see if I have anything green that I can just use as a weird little prop. Ooh. So if I take a green folder, that could be like a TV screen because I could display stuff on the screen. I wouldn't have to worry about picking up a monitor and bringing it over here. And yeah, there are totally apps and everything to do that as well. But once again, um, too much work. I, I'm, I'm trying to jump in, do things quickly, and get out. And that brings up a point, actually. Um, 
I I hate to say this, but where we are right now in development, um, it's pretty much quantity over quality. Um, speed over everything. Can you get stuff out fast and effectively? There's so much... Of course, quality matters, and it really does a lot, and I, I am all about quality, but people say they want quality, but quantity and speed beats out so, so, so much that creating the quantity has become an art in itself. Um, and that did take, I did take that into account when thinking about my paintings versus my prints. And I went to a print first development scheme just so I could get ideas out faster. Um, and it's kind of because the ideas were slowing down because I was held back by the medium. Could I afford to um, have my ideas backed up? and not get them out there and can you can you put out too much content right now the algorithms of Facebook Instagram and Twitter they kind of filter out a lot of content if you're just making a lot of hot air anyway so you get get the practice of putting stuff out and you also get the benefit of you know the sig the system hearing your signal so often so it's something I, that's actually something I've struggled with. You know, I'm sitting down thinking I want to do quality, and I'm like, screw it. Throwing on my hoodie, my uh, my old busted faded us us versus them T-shirt, and uh, boom, there it goes. Next thing you know, I'm outpacing somebody, and they realize that they can be replaced. So I didn't want to be replaced, so I started putting out content, started putting out videos, and you're just gonna have to deal with that right now. I don't know how, how, how you guys feel about the quality versus quantity changeover. Um, you know, are you going to stop and spend a lot of time dealing with something? Or are you going to just go ahead and get what's fastest, what's easiest? You know, Amazon may not have all of the best prices, but you don't have to get up and go anywhere. You just uh, click, you know, one click buy, do your quick little order online. You don't have to go outside. So you may get something better by going out or not, but it's such a weird, um, a weird way of doing things. And I have to get out of here soon. Um, but uh, there's actually an art project that I'm teaming up with somebody on. So real art still happens. Don't let them tell you otherwise. But quantity plays so much of a. Uh, it's it's actually kind of disgusting in a lot of ways, but. Speed over everything, make things faster, uh, make things quicker, get it out to more people. How many platforms are you on? Who sees you right now? There's an old marketing dictum that says, um, how does it go? You can, you, can be the, you can be the best in the world, but if no one knows you, you might as well be the worst. And that's kind of how marketers see a lot of things. So once you get your product out to the people, then quality starts to become a question, but no one sees you, then that's a problem. And yes, uh, Ali just pointed out 
Uh, thanks for joining us, Allie. I think you're a lot more likely to hit something quality in the creative field if you're producing a lot of things. Yes, that is very true. That is another side effect or um, there's no, that's another effect of just putting out a lot of content. You start to get the practice down and the immediate feedback of the, of the audience or the people that are running into your, your products. Sorry, I'm just uh, setting up my messages here. I don't want to miss something. I got uh, somebody coming. Yeah, the most um, most people who have developed will tell you that the iteration process is extremely important. Where you put something out, you find out what happens with it, you go back, you retune it, you adjust it, try to make it better, you design it properly, and then put it back out there. And you keep reiterating. So we historically people especially artists have gotten into this perfection mindset and that's just not how things realistically get into the world and improve you just put stuff out there iterate on it get better get better get better um we're like we were talking about the lighting i can't care right now i'll fix it or maybe i don't know maybe the blown out lighting is fine um but what i want to do is keep putting these out uh see me on youtube Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, and you'll keep seeing um, the system grow. You'll keep seeing what we're doing. And yes, the, the perfect is the enemy of good. I've also heard that stated as um, good is the enemy of great, uh, and different things like that. So, um, you know, people trying to stop and kind of put, put out this vibe that, hey, man, you should really work on your product to make it tighter you should really do this and that and they may have a point there's a lot to say about optimization but completing the entire cycle of of a product that's very very necessary and all of the best companies institutions um, athletes writers developers of any type have will be able to tell you that iteration is key the difference now with this time is that the system and the world is much more forgiving of just being able to exist, being able to live in a way where you can just put something out there, nobody cares, and then you put something out there tomorrow, and they still don't care, but they're keeping an eye out for you. Put something out a third time. It's not like anyone's going to like get mad at you for putting out more content. They're just going to be like, okay, this person's growing. And it's not like you have one shot. You have many shots. So, and photographers especially started figuring this out. Um, I remember showing my dad um, my, my digital camera. The first digital camera he had he'd ever had a chance to work with. And, you know, he was taking his time doing the whole lighting, making sure everyone was standing in the right place. Okay, hold on. Eh, get the right picture. Bam. And... I realized that, you know, he, he asked me at one point, you know, how much film does this hold? I mean, how many shots? And I kind of stopped and chuckled, and I was like, um, Dad, you're talking like thousands, man. Uh, just just take pictures. And he was like, what? You know, that didn't, make any, that didn't make any sense to him, that he could have that many photos. But he was still, you know, thinking about the 24-shot uh, camera roll or maybe like the 36-shot roll or whatever. So, you know, he gave me my camera back, and this was at a family event that we had in New Orleans. And I said, this is how I take pictures now. 
and I just started clack, 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 just taking random pictures, and it, it almost mortified him. He's like, what are you doing? You're, you're wasting, you know, film, and I'm like, dad, there is no film. I'm going to go back and look through these pictures and delete the ones that are bad. It was just a whole changeover, and so that mindset is still kind of floating around, and a lot of people are holding on to it, like, hold on, let me try to get a good shot, let me try to, and as much as I respect it and as much as I understand it, uh, there's so much more you can learn from just, you know, banging out a bunch of pictures, um, banging out a bunch of ideas and things like that. So if you do want to start putting out more more things and getting stuff better, um, getting better things produced, I would actually suggest finding a small safe space of your own. Um, you know, create a, a group on Facebook, uh, go to some random area of Reddit or something and say, hey, here are my, um, here are my, you know, pictures of rocks. There's certainly a, a group of people who, actually I shouldn't say pictures of rocks because I actually know somebody who takes pictures of rocks. Um, but whatever random idea, thought, artistic endeavor you have, you can find out pretty quickly within a day if that's what you like, that's what you're into, or if it resonates with other people. There's so much that's disposable now. You can go try it out, enjoy it, come back, and you'll have learned something. So, so oh yeah, totally, Al. You know, you know I get your point there. Um, yeah, a lot of artists spend time to be perfect. They don't actually put out anything good at all or otherwise. Exactly. That's So you know we're on the same page um, with that. Uh, spending time, time to get things right. The only thing that, I won't say the only thing, but one of the things that really gets me still to this day is the amount of time I spend putting into something. I can't, like if you're going to learn a new, say learn a new language, you know, but then you think it's a, you might think it's a waste of time later and learning a new language is not a waste of time. But something that doesn't take, that can't really exist in small chunks, you have to kind of jump in. That's where the iteration comes into play. It's like, if you're going to learn how to, um, you know, walk a tightrope or something like that, these aren't just things that take a small amount of time. They actually take a lot of time and a lot of iterations. So you have to figure out, how you can get in there and quickly iterate on it. Um, a lot of kids are, are figuring this out before they go to college now, which is great. They can figure out if they really like programming or not by going on YouTube, finding out. <laughs> if anybody who's tried to program hasn't gone to YouTube and tried to compile anything, then they have no business spending four years in college because computers are cool. Um, one of the most frustrating things is getting something to just compile and say, hello world on the screen. Um, it's such a process that, you know, you have to jump in and try it out. So that's one of the things that actually holds me back from some things is figuring out how I can experience certain things without investing a huge amount of time, effort, and energy. But some things naturally take a certain amount of time, effort, and energy to try out. Um, you know, you can't just 
say, you know, you met somebody for one night and you know, you know whether or not that, you know how a long-term relationship is going to be. You, you have to put in a certain amount of time, effort, and energy to some things. So, so there's still a lot to be said for uh, taking care with certain things. Um, you know, medical professionals, you can't just go trying things out on people. There still needs to be a certain amount of care, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of effort put into it. So uh, there's definitely still that side of things. But information speed helps us out. So uh, that's my thoughts on that for now. Um, I said if you have any questions on things, if you have any ideas, um, I'm going to be putting this out on YouTube. And once I get my RSS feed and all that set up, I'll definitely have that for podcast audio-only format. Um, but I'm going to pick up some fabric now. I'm going to make some cloth masks. Uh, for the 8-bit cubist, see how those those are going to work out, update the website, do some different things. Uh, so keep connected. Let me know if you have any questions, thoughts for, for future things. Uh, I do want to discuss the real story of table tennis with, uh, with some of you guys, Rockstar Table Tennis, that is. Um, I have quite a bit of ideas for upcoming episodes, so I want to make sure I get to all that. And... Just so you know that I'm not BSing with my ADD idea set. Uh, these are some index cards I have uh, of all my ideas. Um, I just kind of scribble them down, and you know, if they're good, then I keep them. If they're not, then they go in the garbage can. Hmm. Young nerds existing in grown-up society. I actually, might keep that one. Um, yeah, so, it's all about ideas and how they jump around and spark in my head and how I'm trying to design things for a better future. So, oh, you, that's my, that's my little just throwing things into a, into a pile. My actual idea, uh, file is over here. Let me get that for you. So this is my idea file, and when my mind is just racing throughout the day or I'm driving or whatever, I always have these thoughts and ideas, and I'll send people random text messages, hey, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? And so these ideas are all filed away in different numbers. I actually got this from, from writing stories. Uh, when I was really into uh, figuring out scripts and how they worked, uh, we used index cards, and we write out stories. So so then I'd start putting stories in a in index card format, changing scenes, moving things around. And that evolved into a way of cataloging uh, some of my ideas. And if you saw my sketchbook podcast, I have a that's more of my visual side of recording things. And they work together. So let's see, right here we have a whole section on characters, uh, different character ideas I've been writing up for different reasons. Um, this one character I, I'm coming up with, her name is Damaged Donna. That's just a code name. Basically, she tries to fix herself um, through bioengineering. So she starts creating all these clones, and the clones are supposed to be better versions of herself. But it starts to mess with her mind, and she gets all weird about it.
and it kind of gets weird when you're creating copies of yourself and then killing them, so she's kind of messed up in the head. Uh, the Four Devils, the MCX Tournament Saga, all these different ideas for characters and things um, that goes in here. So, the good thing about having a system like this is that when you create all these ideas and have all these random thoughts uh, and you kind of get ADD with all your thoughts is that you can get them out of your head and once they're out of your head then you can have a clear mind to think about the present. I always want to be conscious in the present with what I'm doing and where I'm at and having a clear mind. So with all the thoughts that I have going on that's why I actually created uh, that system. So um, that'll be all for today. I hope everybody has a clear mind, heart, soul. Um, let me know what you're thinking about. Uh, when I finish crunching this down, I'll do some edits, kick it up to YouTube, add some show notes and everything like that. So thank you all for being here. Appreciate it. I'll try to get this on schedule, but right now I'm going random and I got to go pick up some things. Comment below. Thanks. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit MrBinja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.